Skinwalkers are horrible things, entities that tear the flesh from others to wear as a disguise for the hunt. Number one, the monster in Northern Canada, submitted by Ryan. I'm a 17-year-old guy that lives in Northern Minnesota back in the States. I consider myself muscular. I weigh around 200 pounds and I go to the gym every morning. I'm not too prideful to admit that I might be pretty cocky sometimes, but I'm not easily scared. Anyway, every summer, my friend and I drive up to Bishow Lake in Alberta. We usually go fishing in our little boat, and that's what we were doing that day. We just got done fishing, and we were driving our fishing boat back to the cabin. My friend Zach stops the boat all of a sudden and starts clenching his ears. It's obvious, and I look over at him and ask, Hey, you okay, man? He responds with, what on earth was that noise? Tell me you heard that. Confused, I answered while looking around at the surrounding lake. No, what did it sound like? He looks around for about 10 seconds, then responds. It was this super high-pitched howl. It sounded like it was right next to me, but now it's gone. So he starts the boat back up, and we drive back to the cabin undisturbed. A few hours later, we are playing the new Call of Duty together in the living room, when something that sounded like a rock hit our window. We both jump up, and Zach yells, what was that? Then he goes to check it out. I'm sitting on the couch, and I tell him, it's probably just some bird, man, just finish the game with me. So he walks away from the window and just sits down, and we start playing again. By then, it's about 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and we're still playing our game, when out of nowhere, we hear this god-awful high-pitched howl, and almost instantly, as goosebumps envelop my skin, I realize this must have been the sound he was talking about. The sound blares from just outside our cabin. Zack screams, that was the noise. As we both run to the window, and look outside to find nothing. Then Zach, who is fed up with whatever this prankster is doing, grabs a kitchen knife and runs out the front door, yelling, whoever's out there, come here and show yourself, this isn't funny. I get up and run outside with him looking around. I wanted to be sure he didn't hurt someone in his anger. The next thing we saw is something I never thought I'd witness in my life and I honestly can't believe I'm saying it now because it sounds like I'm an escaped patient from a mental hospital, but I know what I saw and it will forever haunt me. There's an elk standing at the forest's edge outside and we watch in silence and in awe as the elk stands up on its hind legs, letting out that same horrific high-pitched howl, the exact noise we had just heard. Right away, we both make a beeline for the truck. It was parked in the driveway to our right and Zach hops in the passenger seat. I jump into the driver's seat and dig around in my pocket for the keys. First things first, I lock all the doors. I finally find the keys and shove them into the ignition. I pound my foot on the gas, zipping down the driveway and turning down the dirt road to zoom away. Once we have the guts to, Zach and I both look back at the cabin and see that that thing is gone. Then we look at each other 
speechless. To this day, I think what we saw was a skinwalker, a shaman or spirit that can take the form of animals, but not perfectly. I've heard the legends before, and I honestly never put an ounce of truth into them, but this experience, it's confirmed so much for me. But I'm still terrified, and I know I wasn't hallucinating, because Zach and I both saw it. To all of you listening or reading, just know there are things out there, and it doesn't always have to make sense. Number two, Skinwalker or Doppelganger. Submitted by Caden. This happened early in November of last year. My friend and his parents decided to go up to the mountain for the weekend, and they invited me to go with them. So I agreed, and I went with them after school on Friday. It was about a three-hour drive up the mountain to Kevin's dad's cabin. I'd never been there before, and I was honestly pretty excited. We pulled up to the cabin, and I was taken aback by the size of it. It had a large two-door entrance with a huge glass window that stood above it. This cabin was basically a mansion. Anyway, Kevin and I went in, and we were looking for a room. We decided to pick one that was equipped with a large flat-screen TV and some comfy chairs. The room also had two queen-sized beds. It was hard to believe that this place was real, at least for me anyway. We got settled in the room, and we began to play some GTA. We played games and hung out for a while. When we got bored, we decided to go out and just walk around for a little bit, exploring the wilderness. Now the cabin, of course, was completely surrounded by woods on all sides, and the last people we saw were miles away. So we were just walking around for a while, staying just where the light from the house still hit us. We were just out there messing around and telling jokes and stories. Soon we decided to go back into the cabin to grab some snacks and drinks and things like that. I grabbed a Pepsi and a Snickers, then we headed back out to the woods to look around. I was waiting for Kevin while he was talking to his parents about something. So I got on my phone and checked the time, and of course out there I had no service. I turned on my flashlight, and immediately I saw a trail in front of me and decided to follow it. I got deeper into the woods, and it grew quieter and quieter the further I got. I think I was walking for about 15 minutes, when to my left, I heard something moving around, something my size at the very least. I shone my light in its direction, and as I did, I saw a man standing there in the weirdest position. Whoa, you scared me. What are you doing? I asked the man, and he repeated what I said, exactly how I had said it, as if he was replaying recording of my voice. What, what are, are you, you doing? doing? I squinted at him, looking at his face, and what I saw next terrified me. As I looked at him, his face glitched. It's the best way I can describe it. His face glitches into my features. I took a step back and whispered, what the hell? Only to watch this thing take a step closer to me and repeat what I just whispered. 
What the hell? I stood there paralyzed with fear, looking back at this inhuman thing. Whenever I blinked, the thing would blink too right after me. It was mimicking almost everything I did. I lifted my arm and waved at him with my Pepsi bottle. And still, he did the same thing, but his movements were delayed and jerky. I put my arm down, but this time, I took a step towards him. But the thing instantly turned around and darted back into the woods. But then it stopped, about 10 feet out. It looked back at me with my face. It stared at me for about two seconds. Then it turned again and ran into the woods. I was left there, chilled to the bone, my heart pounding out of my chest. I have no earthly idea what that thing was, but it seemed like it was trying to learn how to be me. Its voice was the same as mine, just like it had recorded me or something. I didn't know how to feel about the situation, but when I got back to the cabin and told Kevin what I saw, he just laughed at me, but it was real. It was very, very real. Number three, The Thing from the Woods, submitted by Philip S. This took place about four years ago, right at the beginning of the biggest snowstorm of my life. It was February, and in my home state of Massachusetts, we're no strangers to snow. At this point, there was already a good foot of snow on the ground from previous storms, Right before the storm started, I figured I should dig up some of the snow outside, as some of it had collected in my chicken run. It was early morning, and as I was getting ready to go out, I noticed that the motion sensor light had gone off next to the chicken coop. I looked around the yard from my window, but I didn't see a thing. As I went to the door, my cat, Alfred, got in front of the door and was looking at me. He was strictly an indoor cat, so it wasn't like he was asking to go outside. I gently moved him aside with my foot, but he got right back in front of the door in my way. He was trying to say something. I just didn't know what at the time. He usually wasn't like this, so I thought it was very strange. I figured he wanted some attention, so I picked him up, setting him on a chair. I went outside onto my back deck. Now, my yard is narrow, maybe 30 feet of a strip of grass and garden that had been slowly taken over by the forest surrounding my house. At the end of my yard, there was a steep hill covered in trees. This led up to the rest of the forest. The chicken run was about 10 feet from the deck, so I went over and got to work, letting the chickens out for a bit and feeding them before starting to shovel. When I was about halfway done, one of my chickens, a Rhode Island Red named Red, started squawking. I've heard them squawk before. My two buff Orpington chickens always did this before they laid an egg, but this seemed more like an alarm, and I hadn't heard this type of noise from them, not since my dad's dogs once tried to attack them. It was a sound of panic. I was outside the run, dumping a bucket of snow into a pile. I looked up at the chickens. They were all along the back fence of the run, they were looking at something on the hill. I followed their gazes, looking up at the top of the hill, and what I saw gives me chills to this very day. 
there was a big black dog-like thing sitting at the top of the hill, staring down right at me. I froze in my tracks, looking right back at it. I knew the animals in my area, and the two main things that would make sense for it to be are a fisher cat or a coyote, but this thing was far bigger, and it just didn't look right. We stared at each other for a few minutes, its yellow eyes glowing in the early morning light. Then, all of a sudden, it stood up onto hind legs and turned and ran into the forest. I ran back into my house, slamming the door shut and locking it. I still don't know what that thing was, but I'm reminded of it whenever the motion sensor light goes off or when my neighbor's dogs start barking. What really disturbs me is the fact that when it stood up, its legs were human-like. I hope I never see that thing again. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry while Steve, separately, researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in, or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Number 4. Philippine Skinwalker Submitted by Hina2426 This story happened March 25th of 1992. I was 21 years old back then, a freshly made black belt in Taekwondo, Hapkido, and Karate. As you can tell, I'm very into martial arts, and I'm confident that I could beat someone who tries to harm me. Now, my family is a Catholic religious family, which is very common in the Philippines. I live in Nueva Ecija, which is a province in central Luzon. At the time, my sister was 26 years old and was laboring for her firstborn baby. My mother and father went to Aling Alma's house. She was the midwife of our rural area, and she lived about nine kilometers away. I was staying in Manila at the time, but I came back for my sister. Our place is a farming area, 
but at the side of our house, there is a mountainous region close to San Jose, and there is a village nearby. This happened while our parents were gone. My sister and I were talking, and then my sister said that she was tired and would like to take a nap. So I left her alone to do so. It was around 11 o'clock in the evening, and now I'm wondering why my parents haven't come back yet. They left about an hour ago, and it only takes 30 minutes to go and get back. I was thinking that they may have run out of gas or their tires got flat. An hour after that, at midnight, they still hadn't come back, and I began to worry. I wanted to get out and head their direction, just to be sure they were okay but I couldn't just leave my pregnant sleeping sister out here. She was about to give birth, so I stayed. And that may be the decision that ended up saving my niece and my sister. Around that time, I could feel the air changing around me. It felt like a storm was coming soon. Suddenly, I heard a different sound than the wind. It was more like ek, 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 ek. It was so near, like just outside the windows, the sound instantly chilled me. It reminded me of the legends of the Oswong, which is similar in the Philippines to the Skinwalker. I was sitting there being paranoid for my sister, repeating the legends in my head. They say that when you can hear the Oswong, it means they are far away, but if they are near, you can no longer hear them. To get my mind off things and to feel a little better, I headed over to my sister's room and sat down in there with her. When I got in her room, she was already wide awake and sitting up. She said, Yakung Burina, which means it wants me. What was she saying? Was she scared that it was the Oswong too? We were too old for this story, too old to believe something like this. But I was scared, scared enough to go to the kitchen to get my father's machete. I went back to my sister when we both heard the sound again. Ek, 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 ek. But it was still very far away. Then, after that, there was total silence. Our nearest neighbor was about one kilometer away, so I made the decision to defend my sister and my niece, even if it cost me my life. I was horrified at this point. We were alone at night at a farmhouse in the middle of a storm, hearing the strangest noise we had ever heard. We sat there hoping that what we were hearing was something completely explainable and not something right out of an urban legend. I needed to stay strong for my sister. After that long silence, we then began to hear branches and trees falling, crashing in the nearby forest. Something was getting closer. I stayed close to my sister. She was shaking as she cried. I was scared too but I swore to myself to protect her. Then the noises stopped, and there was total silence once more. I was expecting the worst, but hoping that whatever it was was just gone. But all my fears were confirmed when I heard the footsteps just above us. There was something on the roof, but it was so silent, like it was trying to stalk. This house back then was a small Nipa hut, or a Baha'i Kubo and Tagalog. So our roof was made of a haystack. Then we heard what sounded like digging. Whatever was on the roof was clawing a hole through it. I went to where the noise was coming from and stood just below it, 
wielding the machete. Then I saw the hole. It grew wider and wider until I could saw what were red furious eyes peeking through. That's when I knew the stories we were told were completely true. I glanced at my sister, knowing that this was it. I would die trying to protect them, but I wouldn't be enough to stop it. Then our parents finally came rushing in. My father went to his hidden vault beneath our papag, or bamboo bed. He grabbed an old rifle. He ran over to me under the hole and fired two rounds into the roof. He went outside and chased after the thing, but there was nothing found. When he got outside, all he could see was the farm and the forest. My sister soon gave birth to my niece, and it was named after me. Her name was Anna, which is short for Annalisa. That day, I realized something. I'm too afraid to face it, but my sister and my niece both gave me the courage to face that thing. I was ready to die for them, even though I hardly doubted that I could take on an Oswong. The other day, I'd gone back to Manila, and I saw a black crow and a black dog sitting together in the street, which was odd in and of itself, but I later learned from my mother that the Oswong can take the shape of black animals. When she told me this, it sent chills down my spine. If I ever meet the Oswong again, I will be ready to fight back. And number five, Hunting Cabin, submitted by Lucas. I'm 16 and I live in Pennsylvania, near the Appalachian Mountain Range. As a kid growing up, we would always go up to my uncle's cabin in the mountains. We'd often go hunting up there. There is a long driveway leading up to the cabin and a big parking area with a spotlight looking down on it. It was in late November and the night before the first day of whitetail buck season, so we had our regular get together at the cabin. There was a lot of drinking going on, so I kind of distanced myself from all of it and went outside to take a smoke break. As I walked outside that night, I will never forget the sound that I heard. It was a mix between an animal in distress and almost a creepy laugh. I'm easily scared and I quickly went back inside after that. Whatever it was, I didn't want to be a part of it. After a while, the other people in the cabin went to bed and it was just me left awake. I didn't mean to be the last one awake, but I suffer from sleep insomnia and my mind just races all night. On a good day, it takes me about two hours to fall asleep. I was thinking about random things when all of the sudden, I heard the same noise I'd heard before and it was very disturbing. I tried to distract myself from it and frankly, the fear I felt from this noise motivated me to fall asleep so that I didn't have to witness whatever it was. When I woke up the next morning, I was ready to go for a hunt. We got done hunting and I forgot all about that evening prior. We all sat down and had some supper. Then night came again and once again, the older people I was with were slamming beers back to back. So I just sat there and played on my phone. One of the guys went outside for a smoke break and they didn't come back for a long time, maybe 30 minutes. So my dad told me to go check on him. As I walked outside, I saw him standing next to my dad's car, 
and I yelled over to him. Hey, we were just wondering where you went off to. But then I nearly died when I heard a voice behind me say, Oh, I'm sorry, man. I was just looking for my playing cards in the truck. I turned around to see him walking towards me. I looked back at my dad's car and whoever was just there, the thing that had looked just like him, they were gone. I didn't want to look like an idiot in front of anyone else, so I mentioned it only to my dad. He said that I may have been just seeing a shadow of a tree or something. He's a Christian, so he flat out refuses to believe in the paranormal. So the next day, we hear a shot ring out. Apparently, my uncle has shot a deer. We all help him collect it and clean it up. Then we hang it up so we can butcher it later. That evening, they all celebrate by once again drinking beer, and I was left out. It was around 4 p.m., and we were about to eat the deer my uncle had shot when my uncle said something. He said, that's funny. I could have sworn I put the chops over my grill to cook, but he shook it off saying that a coyote must have grabbed them or something. So we ate our supper, and once again, it was nighttime. We were all getting ready to go to bed. I couldn't sleep as usual, so I sat up and stayed on my phone for a while playing games. I forgot to mention that whenever my uncle shoots a deer, he throws all the guts and innards into a pit we call the feeding trough. There are a lot of coyotes in the area, and we figure it's a good way to give back to the wildlife. Anyway, I was laying up in bed when I heard that same noise again. It sounded far away, and I wasn't worried about going and taking a look outside to maybe try and put an image to this strange and creepy noise. Part of me wanted to get down to the bottom of this, so I looked out the front door, and there, I saw it. It was on all fours, eating some of the guts from the feeding trough. I thought at first that it was a coyote, but then the thing stood up, and it stared straight at me. I couldn't see its face, but I could see shadows coming from the top of its head, which I perceived to be horns. I didn't move a muscle, afraid it would come charging at the door if I did. It stared at the cabin for a good minute before just vanishing. It didn't get down and trot off, it just disappeared out of sight. I stood there, both breathless and speechless. The next morning, I told my dad everything that I saw, but again, he denied it. If it was supernatural at all, he didn't believe it. Luckily, that was the last night we were staying there. Back home, I decided to Google anything that had any similarities to the creature that I saw. What makes the most sense out of what I researched would be the skinwalker, because they say that the skinwalker can change into the forms of animals, but he can never change completely. He'll always look off or strange, like some sort of hybrid. Perhaps that explains the coyote thing that stood on its hind legs. It still very much creeps me out to this day, and even though my uncle has sold that cabin ever since, I will never step foot in those mountains again. I'm just too scared to even look out my window at night. I pray that I never have to witness such a thing ever again. There are all kinds of creepy critters roaming the earth. Most we've seen and documented. Others are just legends some say they've witnessed, 
But out of all those mysterious beasts, the Skinwalker is perhaps the most terrifying. It can change shape, it can mimic voices, it will do anything to lure you out into the woods. What happens next, no one knows. It's hard to remember when you're dead. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Also, a huge shout out goes out to my newest patrons. They are Lainey Miller and Felicia Taylor. Thank you both so much for going above and beyond the call of duty. You're helping me keep these nightmares alive. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.